are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by our Agricultural Strategist, Tobin Gorey. Tobin, nice to have you on. Hey Belinda, good to be with you again. Now we're here for our quarterly check-in on the agriculture sector. For some reason, the last three months have completely flown by, so I can't believe we're here again and it's uh, almost... Well, less than one month to Christmas. Now, Tobin, one of the thematics that we've talked about in your space for the last 12 months has just been the concerns around the supply side of crops. So I guess yeah. at the end of 2022, how is that looking? And kind of what what should we be looking at to see where the trigger is for the next, I guess, moving commodity prices? Well, I guess that the, in, you know, the, the one sentence answer is that the, the risks are still very much skewed the high side. Mm. And the reason for that is one we've talked about before is is that supply is tight or tightish for a lot of the major crops. Um, we haven't made a lot of progress on uh, catching up with that because we fall behind a bit so far in 2022. Um, the focus now, though, is on to South America where there's summer crops. So uh, particularly Brazil and Argentina uh, grow very large soybean and corn crops. And uh, they've, they've, they've just been planted or are still being planted now. Um, and you know, for us to you know, uh, even go sideways uh, in terms of you know, keep supply as tight or tight as it is, those crops need to, need to do pretty well this year. Uh, now, whether they will or not is obviously it's in the lap of the gods now. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, this is, you know, um, you know with another La Nina uh, event, third, third in a row, uh, that generally tends to be drier weather in uh, some major crop regions in both Brazil and Argentina. So again, it's it's you know we need those crops to perform, but they're kind of like uh, at a sort of a relatively high risk of having problems, and it won't take big problems either. So we we we, we don't need to lose you know tens of millions of ton that tons down there. What we need to lose to tighten supply again and boost prices. You know, his losses of in, in, in many millions, say five or six million tons on those two major crops, uh, for there for there to be another step up in you know, base ag commodity feed level. We're going to touch on, I guess, the opposite impact we've had here in Australia, just in terms of the wetness and how that's going to impact on the Australian crops shortly. But before we get to that, it's interesting that we're still concerned about the supply side. But prices have been relatively steady in the agriculture space in in recent months, haven't they? Yeah, they have. That's right. So, you know, in, in the you know, uh, taking the lens back a couple of years, um, the rise in prices from in broadly across agriculture, so crops and livestock, up until uh, Russia invaded Ukraine mm. was about 55 percent. There was a spike after Russia invaded Ukraine. Lost some supply there. Um, but there's been um, um, several things to pull prices back. Part of it was simply that we didn't realise worst cases coming out of what might have happened yeah. um, uh, from, from Russia and Ukraine. 
but there's also there was a element there where you know, the, the US dollar went up very very strongly over this time, and the um, and that really did weigh on uh, on commodity prices generally, but agri commodities they certainly weighed on by that. Um, you know, the, the US dollar is a bit of a rub all up, so um, as its value goes up and down, it, it uh, compresses commodity prices as well. And there's been a lot of macro impacts, I guess, on the agricultural space as there has been on, on the broader uh, financial market space as well. Just in 2022, you talked about the strong US dollar. That very much happens when there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the global economic outlook. That's the case this time around because we're experiencing high inflation and we've seen a material lift in interest rates by major central banks with more to come. So particularly... In the US, uh, the UK, Europe, Canada, New Zealand, and of course here in Australia, there's been a material lift in interest rates the last six months or so that's driven that currency impact. How should we think about these currency moves and these broader macro moves and the impact on the agricultural space? What kind of do we need to think about in terms of how that's going to impact on pricing and everything at the uh, there's, a, there's a number of impacts there, but I guess the, the currency one is, is, is probably one of the larger ones. So, you know, we we don't know really yet when the US dollar is going to peak or when it's going to turn. Um, but we're, we're thinking about what happens when it, when that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably there's there's a few effects in there. The three we isolated in our queue were generally, as I said before, when the US dollar goes up, that pushes US dollar commodity prices down. And that has happened. So if you get a retreat in the US dollar, we expect some rise in US dollar commodity prices yeah. over and above what might have happened. Might have, might not have happened anyway. Um, the I guess the yeah, it also depends on how the different currencies perform against. So there's, there's a chance that China's currency does not uh, gain as much on the on a falling US dollar. Um, that sort of takes the edge off where uh, how much the US dollar can boost commodity prices mm. because it's a big customer. Um, but here in Australia, I guess there's also a chance that uh, if the Aussie dollar, also like China's currency, doesn't underperform uh, uh, against the US dollar, and we don't know if that's going to be the case, but it's just the if it is, um, then what that means it means our domestic prices can stay higher than otherwise. Um, so they're kind of three things where, and that's and the, and, and the biggest impact for for ags uh, overall um, uh, from the from the macro. Uh, forces you, you, you explained earlier uh, really is through those currencies. Yeah, okay. Now, moving on to, I guess, one of the biggest impacts we've seen here in Australia, and that has been a very wet spring. Uh, so, obviously, Australia's eastern winter crop has taken a heavy toll, and it's not just the wet spring, but it was the fact that we had very heavy rain and very wet soils before that anyway. So, how is that impacting on the crop situation here in Australia? It's obviously been completely devastating uh, for those involved. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the, you know, the specific on the ground uh, uh, issues here is, is obviously it, um, it affects a lot of people broadly, but some people you know, obviously mm. get worse impacts than others, which is unfortunate. I guess the, you know, there's, there's a few different ones there. Probably uh, one that's very immediately important uh, in terms of uh, food prices is uh, the impact on the horticulture, so for our fruit and vegetables, essentially, and that's uh, so. I it, that that has gone through. Um, particularly, I guess the the influence here is 
particularly around sort of southern New South Wales, uh, northern Victoria, yeah. so you know, River, Riverina type regions. Um, I suspect uh, you and your Aussie economics colleagues yes. will be spending a fair bit of time looking up uh, fruit and vegetable price numbers, wouldn't you, next to your CPI forecast? Well, we actually get um, data out uh, soon on, on inflation, but yeah, that certainly has been a, a big focus uh, for us in terms of the outlook for inflation uh, in, in recent months, and it looks like it will continue to do so over the next year or so. Yeah, and I, I guess that the other area where it's been really big is, is as you mentioned already, um, it's impacting winter crops. Yeah. So it's been a pretty wet winter anyway. Uh, it's been a really wet spring mm. in eastern Australia. So anywhere from basically uh, just just to the north of the uh, New South Wales, Queensland, Queensland border and arcing round into sort of eastern areas of South Australia, which is – and I've had to sort of describe a wet, wet period – uh, that would do damage to eastern Australian crops, that would pretty much be it. Um, yeah. So it, it would happen that way. So now the, the implication there is yeah, the first one was always going to be, uh, you know, it depended on how long the water was there and how much went through. Um, as as time's gone by and the floods have lingered, um, we're probably losing more crop itself. So the absolute quantity of the crop is going down. Um, and then there is, then there's the, the quality issue as well. So, um, the uh, now the quality issue uh, is is there is disease issues, right? Uh, just because it's it's very wet, um, um, it's it, the water is not going away quickly, so that tends to promote you know mold and other sorts of fungus growth as well, which is a problem. So there's that issue. The probably the biggest one though uh, on that side though is the downgrade of from milling grade wheat, uh, which is relatively high protein wheat. Mm. Down to feed grade, feed yeah. grade, which which has less protein in it, um, and so you know the issue you get there is so you've got less crop that is that is that, that is a hit, uh, but the, generally the value of um, you know feed crops is lower than milling grade crops, um, so now we have a you know now we have a task of getting getting rid of a lot more feed feed grade wheat uh, and other grains that we would normally have in Australia. So is there an upside to this? Can we think of uh, an upside? Upside is well for the growers. They probably they probably is it because mm. they're going to get less revenue. Of um, course. But the but the thing is, it could be uh, a lot worse uh, than it has been just because of a couple of context things. That tight supply we talked about in feed grain markets. Mm. Um, so you know, it's not the worst time to have more feed grain to sell, and we will have that this year. So we expect we will export that more easily than we would have in other circumstances. In but, terms but of the feed more. grain. Yes, that's yeah. right. So, we, so that so people will, um, the ex, we're going to export feed grain, but should be the, the ex, extra feed wheat we will have here that we would we would normally have. The other side, and perhaps where there is an upside there, uh, is uh, on the cattle and beef side. Yeah. Um, you know, Australia's um, Australia's beef and cattle prices had been super expensive relative to the rest of the world. They come right back to the field now. In fact, they're probably even. You know, it probably they're back in the normal range of, uh, you know, the spread between Australian and US beef and, and, and Australian and US cattle. Is that because um, our herd has finally, I guess, caught up? Because we obviously saw a big rebound, rebuild post the drought from a few years ago. So is that the main driver? Uh, well, yeah, it, it is. It is partly that. Um, the and it's definitely, as you say, there's a lot more momentum. The, the, the herd rebuilds, um, particularly for you know for cattle, which are you know, relatively long um, reproduction cycles, it takes 
uh, just takes time for that momentum mm. to rebuild. And we, I think we've certainly got that now. Because the opposite is happening in the US. Um, they go through drought periods plus high feed costs as well. Right. Um, so, so the US, US reduced herd size uh, is actually an opportunity for us to start rebuilding our our kind of global market share okay. as a result. Yeah, that we've lost um, through this rebuild period, just because we didn't have the supply. Um, and the other thing is, and, and this is the you know, the silver line that goes with this extra feed grain too, is that feed is relatively cheap here in Australia. So uh, not only we we we, we have uh, more cattle uh, and so more beef supply, um, we'll probably feed them relatively cheap here in Australia as well. So that's that's a helpful competitiveness boost. So what has been, a, I guess, a, a challenging time for for growers is actually creating some sort of upside uh, in terms of the feed uh, for beef. Yeah, you know, it does. And and and, and the thing about it is that, you know, they're still, I mean, the growers still take the hit to income. Mm-hmm. The, the context means both with, with that beef exports and the greater feed exports means there's a, there's a reasonably obvious path to resolve the issue rather than just being stuck with all the grain we can't move, which would be a big problem. It's always uh, fascinating when you uh, take into account all these different factors in terms of the agricultural space. So it sounds like over the next uh, few months we'll be watching the crop supplies in South America, uh, the currency, obviously what happens with the big dollar and how that impacts on the little dollar or the Australian dollar. Then obviously uh, the weather as always in Australia and just how much the impact has been from the very wet spring. Uh, Tobin, okay. as always, it has been great to have you on. Uh, thank you for joining today and we'll talk to you in the new year. Thanks, Linda. Now, you can read Tobin Gorey's quarterly agriculture report, this time titled Southern Exposure, uh, and that was published on the 28th of November 2022, and you can read that on combankresearch.com.au.